This is Adam Lightman Bailey, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Jennifer Rodarte with Compass, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hey, this is Lane Johnson representing Compass and Aspen, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hello, this is Steve, and we're with Wider Brothers of Compass in the D.C. metro area, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Naomi Klein representing the Compass office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Harris of the uh, Talk Team Podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Real Talk. I'm here today with our Chicago specialist. Actually, she's the founder of Compass Chicago, Lauren Mitrick-Wood. Lauren and I met, ran, actually I started following her on social media when we announced the Chicago opening. And then I ran into her out of chance at, uh, was it Starbucks? In yeah, we LA, ran into her. Right, uh, two years ago, December in LA. Yeah. Uh, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a long line, it was right before the big meeting, the all team meeting and you can kind of tell who's a real estate professional or not by just walking around, just being in the business, you know? And I, I saw you, you were in front of me and, I, and then you were waiting for your coffee. I paid and I, I thought to myself, ah, oh, that girl's probably in real estate. And then you had your uh, lanyard on with, a, with, with your compass uh, name and tag on it. So I said, oh yeah, so that, that's, that, that was our first time meeting actually. Um, and, then, and then fast forward a few years later, now you know, we're Compass Chicago is how many agents? Uh, we have almost 900. Yeah, so <laughs> Chicago. how does it feel to be uh, the, the one of the first out of 900 brokers? Um, it feels really great. I mean, it was just, um, it was definitely, it felt like taking a chance because, uh-huh. um, you know, there was a lot of questions and curiosity, but um, I saw what Compass was doing in other markets and it was just kind of like a no-brainer. It felt like everything I had wanted um, and dreamed of, but like didn't have the time or money to create. Sure. So very natural fit. Just just so everybody knows, and kind of an introduction, uh, before we compass, you know, before we came into Chicago, uh, Lauren was an, a top agent of a different agency. Uh, she's a Chicago native. I believe your family is a generation of, of real estate brokers. Is that correct? Yeah, my grandmother was, um, oh, and then wow. my parents, my husband. I have a cousin in the industry, so lots of Chicago real estate real roots. Estate people, yeah. Uh, Lauren was uh, in, in Forbes magazine. Uh, NAR selected her as one of the thirty under thirty. What are, you're like? What twenty four years old right now? No, I'll be thirty six <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> thirty six on Sunday. Congratulations! Yeah, uh, we're we are uh, about the same age, pretty much. Uh, right. You're also named uh, by Chicago Agent Magazine as one of their who's who in Chicago real estate in three in three separate years, 2008, which is a a really hard year to be a real estate professional. 2010, and also. Uh, two years ago, 2018. So, uh, very high-profile candidate for uh, for joining on the Real Talk platform. So, I appreciate your time today. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, before we go get into kind of the nitty-gritty of today's market, you know, I kind of want to discuss with you what the early beginnings of your professional career was. Uh, when did you decide to join uh, real estate? Why did you become a real estate agent? And also, you know, the third part question, kind of skip towards kind of the present time is. Uh, how were you approached initially and what, what made you decide to join? To join Compass? Correct. Okay. Um, so yeah, I started in the business. Um, it was kind of a natural fit. My parents are both realtors for my whole 
for my whole childhood. Uh, um, so I was 18. I started leasing apartments. Um, they had a big rental division and needed help. So it was like a very natural fit. I was doing that well in college. Okay. Um, I you go to never, college in Chicago too? I went to a school in Iowa for two years, and then oh. I came home and finished in Chicago. Oh, um, so yeah, so I went to school Tuesday and Thursdays, and then I did real estate the rest of the time. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was just like a natural fit. And I actually, growing up, I did not want to be a realtor. Like I saw what, how my parents, um, navigated and, you know, we could never go on family vacations together because they were always working so hard. And anyway, um, yeah, so I was 21, got my real estate license, um, started selling. I was like, I'm going to give it one year. And if I don't like it, I'll do something else. So I have my degree in marketing. So that was kind of a natural fit as well. Um, I sold $4 million my first year. And I was like, let's just keep going. Yeah. So um, here I am like 16 years later or something. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it's just been such a wild ride. Um, you know, I kind of got into it when I, I was an order taker more or less. And then sure. the recession hit and it was really tough. I had to move home with my parents. Um, I had to get a job at a bar. Um, it was rough. I lost my bartender. Yeah, I was at, I was at mother's in Chicago, which is a fine establishment. I'm sure it's I'm sure, you know, the the alcohol business is a recession proof business, even where we are now. So yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Um, so although today you couldn't really do that, but, um, (laughs) no, not today. Yeah. And this alcohol sales are up, but the, but the bartending business is down. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a really tough time. It was a really, it was a time where I kept feeling like I was throwing things against the wall and nothing was sticking, but my dad always just encouraged me to like, keep going, keep powering through. And, you know, I was able to survive. And as soon as we came out of the recession, I started thriving. Um, my business did not dip during the recession and ended up staying the same. So I felt like I was growing as a realtor during that time when other people were getting out of the business. Sure. So um, fast forward, I've been at a lot of different companies. I've been at big ones, small ones, boutique firms, my parents' firm. You left your parents' firm and then you went somewhere else? Yeah. You started with your parents and you were on your parents' team too initially, right? Yeah, I worked with them for about seven years. And then it's kind of a cute story. Um, My dad used to manage a high rise and the doorman of the building um ended up becoming a broker and running a big Sotheby's franchise here in Chicago wow he recruited me and I started working on development so I did um a development at Silver Tower and we also did um an auction at 1400 Lakeshore Drive so it was able I was able to get some different perspectives and learn and grow in a different environment that my parents couldn't offer Um, so then I went to a smaller company and moved again to a bigger company. So uh, kind of round robin, um, yeah, I got yeah. a call from um, Robert Rufkin and I blew him off. He said, um, you know, I'm going to be in Chicago, come meet with me. And I said, no, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I just moved companies. I don't want to do it again. Yeah. And I, I said I was busy, but I, I actually had a tennis lesson. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember yeah, you are busy. That's busy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I could have, could have blown it off for Robert Rufkin. Yeah. Um, but you know who he was before when he called you, what did you know who he was when he called you? So then I like later that day, I started thinking I had, um, one of my friends, Aaron Wheeler, who was a realtor in San Francisco 
I met when I was on the board of directors for the National Association of Realtors. Mm -hmm. um, he and I would get together and have dinner. And he said, he, I remembered hearing the story of Compass and I called him and I was like, Robert Rufkin just called. Is that the same guy you were telling me about? And he's like, Robert called you, take the meeting, take the meeting. <laughs> and so I called cool. Robert. I said, you know, I've cleared my schedule and I'd love to chat with you and see what you're doing. So we met and it was one of the best meetings I've ever had. It was super exciting. Um, I just felt this energy. Robert felt very authentic and real. And um, like I said, it was kind of everything I had envisioned and dreamed of um, in terms of like the marketing um, and just like the overall look looked beautiful and simple and clean and modern. So um, you were sold after one meeting. What? You were sold after the first meeting. I was, and it was yeah. nervous. I was nervous because I, at this point, I was working with my family again, and it wasn't just me. It was like a package right. deal, so I had to convince them. And we had just moved a year before, so it's you know, it's like, what does that look like for your clients? You're jumping around. Why are you moving continually? So it was, it was a hard choice. Like it wasn't like a hell yeah. It was like a this looks good. Now let's figure out the details. Mm -hmm. But I'm so great, great, grateful that it all worked out. Right. Yeah, it, it it all worked out in the end for you. So, and, and being the first out of nine hundred is a, a kind of a, a cool thing to be able to say. Yeah, there were twenty of us that joined um, right away, and it's yeah. just it's been really great. And I just can't um, even like describe how powerful the Compass Network is nationwide. Like this, like getting to chat with you and passing referrals back and forth. And I was on a call last week with twenty different women from across the country, just hearing stories of what's happening in their markets. And it just feels like such a great tribe to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely grateful to have the network. Definitely grateful to be able to meet in person before actually sending the referral. Yeah. Working with other one another, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, the internet, everybody looks good on paper. Everybody looks good. Yeah. Our industry is concerned on the internet, but you know, how does this person really work and, and react and talk and speak and, and, and whatnot. So it's good to have that, that network and connection for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's switch gears. You know, let's talk about what's going on today in Chicago. Uh, at, at you, as the representative of Chicago, yeah, we kind of want to know what's going across all throughout the nation. Everybody knows New York City's the epicenter, and, and things are very hard, difficult right now in terms of us being locked down. But in Chicago today, you know, what is it like? Is it are you guys locked down? Are you guys considered essential? Are you? I think you told me that you're showing. You were doing open house this morning. You know, you're working this morning. It's great. You get to go outside. Yeah. Uh, no, what? I was not doing an open house. Those are not allowed here. Oh, those are not. Okay. Oh, you said something about an open house this morning. No, right? I, oh, I had to open up a house. That's open up a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, some different wording these days, right? Sure. Um, yeah, so we are in shelter in place here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, real estate is considered essential. However, there are some restrictions. So sure. we are not allowed to do open houses. Yep. Um, we cannot show tenant-occupied homes. Okay. Um, but we can show vacant apartments and any owner-occupied homes with a restriction of four people at a time. Got it. So, um, you plus whether three, maybe a family member, three buyers, right? Three, yeah. And or something like that. We're like shifting the way we show too. Like what, what we're doing is we're opening the doors, we're turning all the lights on, all the closet doors, and then we're leaving and waiting outside. Oh. And the buyers can come in and check things out. Um, you know, alone with their realtor. Um, yeah. And we've also been conducting like some FaceTime tours um, and we've taken videos of all of our listings and we send those prior to scheduling a showing. So it's really only 
if someone's very motivated and you know they've been scrubbed, like they're pre-approved, they're ready to pull the trigger. Um, and we wear gloves and sanitize and clean afterwards as well. So, you know, we're trying to flatten the curve as much as we can, but we, you know, we, there are some people that still have to sell their homes. And I would say no one's going on the market right now. That's just like, Oh, let's, let's maybe sell, you know, like it's only like if they have to, um, sell for one reason or another. Interesting. So the, the sellers that you're representing right now that have listings active on the market right now are the actual real serious sellers that need to move for one reason or the other. Yeah, so about three weeks ago when all this kind of came crashing down on us, we lost about five deals. Um, They had come out of contract. Mm -hmm. Um, One we were able to rescue with a pretty significant price change. Um, Our sellers came down $60,000 to get the deal done um, on a $1.6 million home. So, but they were grateful just to like get the deal done and not have to go back on the market because there was so much uncertainty. Sure. Um, and the, so another deal that had died, they actually closed on their house like that week and they moved. So now like that house is vacant and empty and it's like, we have to fill it or sell it. So yeah. it's, you know, um, but surprisingly I put it on the market for sale and we did have some showings, um, a second showing and someone wants to rent it. So, um, I'm grateful for that. Um, and and then, is it showing for sale or is it showing for a rental? Or somebody just came in and said, I'll offer it for rent. Yep. Someone just came in and was like, hey, would your sellers consider renting? And um, they're like, yeah, we would. So we're, we're trying to navigate that right now. So that leads me to my next question. How are you advising your sellers that are on the market right now that are urgent, that maybe aren't getting the tra- traffic that they should be usually getting in a normal market? How are you advising and managing their expectations. And also on the same side, you know, buyers, like how are you managing the expectations of buyers who are maybe in contract right now, uh, that they're afraid for one reason or the other. Uh, and how are you also advising and managing expectations of maybe the investors or the landlords that you represent right now? Uh, whether it's an investor that is looking to buy something for as, as, as a rental property or they have already closed maybe years or, you know, a year ago or years ago and they're being rented or they have a tenant occupying premises, you know, within those three groups, how are you managing their expectations? Uh, I think, you know, to kind of cover all those things, communication is key and just being there, like checking in, making sure that we're constantly like monitoring the market um, and just, you know, constantly having conversations and emails and, you know, just keeping them apprised of what's going on. But for the sellers, you know, it's really about just kind of taking it day by day and adjusting. And, you know, I had a plan in place with a seller and we were like, okay, let's talk at the end of the week. And then things shifted and it's like, well, maybe we should do a price change before we take your home off the market and put it on the private network. And she's like, wait, I thought we had a plan. I'm like, well, we did, but like, we have to readjust. We have to like pivot. We have to, you know. Can you describe what the private network is to our listeners? I don't even know what that is. Sure. So, um, and our MLS has taken some uh, measures to change like what our standard um, offerings are, I would say. So right now, if you mark a property temp or temporarily off the market, it won't collect market time, which is nice. Um, But within our MLS, they built in this private network, it's called, and you can put your listings on there it's non-searchable by the consumers, just the realtors can search there, Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't show a history and it doesn't show like market time. 
Um, and there's not much detail. It's mostly like pictures and a quick description and, you know, price and bedrooms and location. Um, but it's a nice place to, to go. And then Compass has Compass coming soon. So, you know, if, if you're on the private network, it ports automatically into Compass coming soon. So any of those listings that are in our private MLS that are non-consumer searchable can be searched on the Compass coming soon site. So that's been um, where a lot of our listings have found a new home. Um, we were actually interviewed by a seller the other day and they're like, you don't have many listings right now. And we were like, we are in the middle of a pandemic and most of our listings have come down. And you, do have, you, you do have listings online. It, I mean, it's on the Compass website. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have like five or six up there right now, which is not a lot for us, but also like a lot of the listings that we were talking about getting ready and to go on the market, they're simply on hold, you know, like yeah. we didn't, we weren't able to photograph them. Like those sellers don't really have to move. So they're just kind of hanging out right now. Yeah. Um, Got it. But it, it does. So to, to summarize to that point, it puts the sellers that need to be on the market today or want to sell today at ease because they can still list it. It's just not occurring days on market, thus not making it look really bad online to the public. Yeah. And for those really motivated sellers, like we are on the normal networks or on, on the market and we are priced below, I would say a little bit, um, where they would have been normally. Um, but we're trying to like do this delicate dance of like, we don't want to undercut and like make the market, you know, significant, like deflate it significantly. Um, if it doesn't need to be there. So we're just kind of like taking it easy and adjust, like not doing these severe price changes because we don't want to create a deflated market all of a sudden. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, so what about your buyers? How are you managing their expectations? Whether they're active right now searching or they're maybe they're in contract right now, but have, they haven't closed yet. They haven't got to the closing table yet. Yeah. So, um, we have like people kind of in all different, um, categories. Like one of the clients that you referred us to is closing at the end of the month and they have just, you know, we just keep getting in touch with them and making sure things are moving along and moving forward. Um, And it's all about the communication. Um, And we had a call just yesterday from a friend that's like, I'm getting a job offer and I'm ready to buy my $700,000 house. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were like, great. Wow. Like not everyone is in, you know, dire straits right now. Not everybody's freaking out. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, a lot of people have jobs that are secure, you know? So, um, some don't, some do. And, you know, unfortunately for those that, that don't have secure jobs, they're, they're holding off, they're waiting, yeah. you know, just kind of pressing the pause button. Well, that's, this is question 2A, I guess. It's a subset of questions is in Chicago, typically what industry or what type of work do your buyers in Chicago have? Well, what type of industries are they in? What, what are their professional backgrounds? Oh, geez. I honestly, they're all over the place. Sure. Um, a lot of like it, um, okay. Banking um, attorneys. Charlie's entered the room now, and he's uh, he's giving me a few pearls. Um, <laughs> a lot of like design, like a lot of owners of companies, like you know, lighting stores or CEOs of pizza places. Um, okay. You know, just a lot of like business professionals. I would say okay. there's not one yeah. main. Yes, I wouldn't say like you know, San Francisco's all IT people. We don't really have like a main. So, you know, I'm a, so th- which is my thought process is you have people that work in banking or in IT. I mean, they may not be as affected as 
perhaps their restaurant owners or their, you know, you, like the pizza guy that you said, I don't know, pizza deliveries are, I think, up across the nation. Uh, but may it may not be as affected as other markets. Right. Yeah. I mean, the we were super curious about who was looking at this house and came for a second showing. They literally flew here from California last weekend. What? House. And we were like, what? Um, because they're getting transferred here. And the guy works for LinkedIn. Yeah. And the woman is in the news or she works for like a news channel. So it's like it. those two things are, I feel like, recession proof or, you know, they're just. Somewhat recession proof as of now. Yes, correct. Right. As of, as of right now. <laughs> Those have been proven to be recession proof. Uh, all right. Let's go back and track. And then how are you managing expectations with your investors, whether they own right now or maybe they're about to buy? So I guess that would be also a two-part question. If an investor is about to buy now, they're going to come to you and say, hey, Warren, I want to find a deal, right? Everybody wants a deal. And then the ones that own already that have maybe bought from you a year ago or many years ago, and they're renting their apartments. How are you managing their expectations? Yeah. So, um, right now, like I haven't had to have many of those conversations, but my, my father has, and we've talked about his conversations with some of his landlords. Um, one of his clients who's been a client for 35 years owns a building with eight apartment rentals. And a lot of those leases are coming up in the next couple months. And, you know, we've, we've kind of been a little scared about what's going to happen with those. And, we've just kind of been thinking creatively, like maybe we can talk the tenants into doing a month to month lease for the next couple of months, you know, just till everything shakes out. Some people haven't been able to pay their rent and we're like, well, can you pay half right now? Or can you, Mm. you know, give us something? Um, my, my parents actually own 10 apartments and thankfully everyone has renewed. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just kind of like keeping communication flowing and constant and taking it day by day. Yeah. I mean, I could only imagine if you're an investor, you have 10 units and half of them stop paying rent. You know, this media makes landlords out to be kind of a, not an evil entity, but an entity that is maybe not on the best interest of the people or the population. And what they don't understand is that holding real estate, yeah, it's an asset, but it's actually a liability. Right, because if you're paying insurance, you're paying taxes, you're paying more. Uh, you probably have a mortgage, uh, but you also have, you know, other carrying costs. And if it's vacant, it's just a straight liability. You're you have cash coming out every month with nothing else coming in. Right. So, I can only imagine if this prolongs, some of the landlords may feel a little bit of pressure for from from their tenants. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our na- we were talking to our neighbor yesterday and he's got a couple of properties in Pilsen and he's like, well, I'm just kind of like thinking that I'm, I'm not going to get rent for a couple of months and I just have to brace myself for that. And, you know, the goal in real estate isn't to lose money, it's to make money. But, you know, sometimes just like any market, you know, things can come down and go back up. So, Okay. And then I guess next, and then to wrap that up, you know, your investors, how, are they coming in, your buyers that are investors? Investors, at least from my perspective, are always kind of an ambiguous client because they're not really motivated, but if they find something, they have the capital and they have the powder to pull the trigger. But also at the same time, they're not motivated. So they're, they could always pull back, even if they, let's just say, go into contract or submit an offer. You know, they, they may not really, 
they may not look to really transact if they don't have to. So do you have any of those investors that are coming to you and asking you, Hey Lauren, like I need a deal. What's, what's, you know, what's where, where there is blood. I want to go, you know, that type of attitude. Is there any of that happening to you right now? We haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Um, I just think it's too early to like get some mad, crazy deals. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. But I do think that like if their house is on the market now, like those people probably have to sell. And so there could be some good and good deals to be done. Um, but like no one's come out of the, the gates and been like, I get me a deal, get me a deal. I think it's just too early to, you know, for that. Sure. sure. Goldman Sachs reported um, most recently, I believe it was last week that there will be about a 30% loss in GDP uh, throughout the nation in quarter two. So, you know, in terms of, you know, your market right now, what are you seeing in terms of price valuation? Are you seeing that it's still relatively stable, like you just said, or do you see some deals that are coming off the market and you see the closing prices and are surprised? Um, you know, I think the prices are still pretty stable. Although, like I said, my one example of my deal that we saved, we did come down quite significantly to get the deal done. Um, but, you know, we've been re relying heavily on statistics. Yeah. Um, and our Chicago Association of Realtors puts out weekly market statistics. And um, over the last month, or sorry, the last week, I have some stats I'm going to read to you. Sure, go ahead. Um, for year over year change, um, week ending last week, 321, um, new listings are down by 34%, and under contract are down by 25%. So that's some, some significant dips okay. um, because you know, normally this spring market is our best time to sell and our best market. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with, with that new listings coming down by 34%, I would just have to say that like, we're going to, our, our market's going to be flip-flopped, you know, like the winter time's pretty slow and like we might see a, a really crazy winter because there's pent up demand and there's pent sure. up um, supply. Um, and, you know, just giving you a few more statistics here too, like our Compass Weekly Insights, we've been kind of tracking those just to yeah. kind of watch how many eyeballs have been on our listings. Mm -hmm. um, three weeks ago, um, views on my listings were down by 28%. Yeah. Last week, they were down by 10%. Mm -hmm. And this week, they're down by 46%. So yeah. kind of like swinging, you know, up and down. Um, and normally, I see escalations every week. But the um, views are down because you purposely delisted a lot of your homes. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true too. So, I mean, the, the data, I mean, it's a little bit skewed, but we do still yeah. have some listings. But the other thing we've kind of talked about, uh, you and I, is like, you know, marketing our listings. We're not doing like these gung-ho e-blasts and social media. And, you know, you really have to be kind of cautious um, on your messaging. And, you know, you're putting your sales hat on now because this is a terrible time for a lot of people so it's been a you know a very delicate dance on how to market what are you doing to make you're not marketing your properties like you you used to same with us but what are you doing right now in terms of marketing initiatives are you doing anything else are you or have you what can you give any examples of how you shifted your your strategy to navigate today's climate yeah um we have been sending out weekly e-blasts to our, or like, I wouldn't say e-blasts, let's say, let's call them new, their newsletters yeah. um, to our clients, um, to like our sphere, which normally I would do whenever like four to six to eight weeks. But okay. I feel like keeping with that um, communication is key theme, um, you know, just kind of keeping our clients engaged and 
um, educated is our number one priority right now. And, you know, we'll give information and at the bottom, um, the first e-blast we did didn't have any homes on it okay. at all. Okay. Um, the second one we did, and it was more like artful, you know, like how to have fun in your house during this time. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. The second one was like more informational and had like some listings at the bottom. And the next one I'm going to do is probably more like stats data driven. Um, so, you know, just shifting the, the amount of communication is the first thing. And then um, we've done some 3D virtual tours of our listings, which we normally don't do. Okay. Uh, so that way, like the Metaport, um, I think that's what it's called, Metaport um, virtual tours. So we've never done that before and we have those available to our clients. Um, and just like the video walkthroughs, um, we've still been sending out like realtor e-blasts yeah. to other realtors in the community. Um, but I, again, I would say not as much and we're still doing some, some social media, Instagram, Facebook ads. Got it. If you have any advice to give to buyers right now, that are on your newsletter, that are reading your, your modified marketing materials, uh, what, what can you say to them? How would you advise them of today's climate? Um, you know, I would say if you have, you know, if you can afford to move and you are, you know, in a place that you think is stable enough, like you do have to live somewhere and there's some great advantages to buying um, outside of a crazy market. And, you know, I think that they probably can get a pretty good deal if, if they need to move. Would you say um, managing, would you say it's a false premises if there's a really good deal as in, what do you mean? 20% off, 30% off? I mean, do you think those are really good deals or would you say, I would manage your expectations, would you tell your buyers, I would manage your expectations, but maybe the closing delta will be a couple points more than what it would have been had this not happened? Yeah, I think 20% seems like a lot. Like it's it maybe does, yeah. 10 to 15, maybe. I mean, I don't know. We had a rental client the other day say, hey, can you throw out a 1750, 1750 offer on a place that was listed for 2400 And we were like, <laughs> we were like, no. <laughs> like, there's no way that you're going to get that place for 1750 <laughs> It's free to negotiate, but there's reality in, in those dreams, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't really know, talk what the, what to like, how to advise my buyers best right now. I mean, I just think if, if, if they have to buy and they can buy, like it's a, it's, it's a good time. You know, I think, I don't know. I gotta. So as a top agent in your market, <laughs> uh, there was, recently there was some news about, uh, a brokerage, Redfin, uh, letting go of 41% of their brokers, and they also let go furloughed 7% of their staff. Redfin's really not a big, uh, they're not really in New York City, uh, but I'm not sure in your market. You know, as, as a top broker, you know, you have, you're always competing against discount agencies, uh, luxury firms, quote unquote, and then you got tech firms like us. How are you differentiating yourself right now in this market? And, and do you think you have more of an edge amongst your competition now more than ever? Um, to be honest, like we haven't really pitched anyone in the last three weeks mm -hmm. since this all happened. So yeah. um, I haven't really like put on my pitch hat, you know, but I think say, yeah. um, we have had clients call us that, you know, have been our clients for years that trust, like know, like, and trust us. Um, and I don't think they would think about going anywhere else regardless. And I think that's like the key is probably what I would lean on is like our knowledge, our experience, our expertise, all the tools we have, especially being a tech driven company, um, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I think it's just the knowledge and experience. Got it. Got it. Uh, it's as far as I, I read on Chicago curbed that, uh, the recorder of deeds temporarily shuttered their office. Uh, does that affect, is it just, does that affect just new development deals or does it also affect resale deals as well? Um, we have not had any issues with closings so okay, far. Good. That's good. Um, people are closing from their cars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> serious. Yeah. They're signing. We've, we've thankfully had 10 closings since all this have happened. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. In the last three weeks, our team has had 10 closings. So that's, that's great. Um, what, you bring a print you get, you bring like a portable printer and scanner. <laughs> no, like, you know, we, we would wear gloves and masks at the walkthroughs. Um, but again, uh, realtors are not allowed at the closings. Neither are lenders, oh, just, no, just the buyer and the attorney and oh, the buyers sit in their car and then someone from the title company comes out and, um, you know, they sign their paperwork. They record. Um, th that's interesting that, that uh, there are ways that are, let's just say unconventional, but deals are, the closings are still happening and closings are being done. Yeah. Closings are still happening and, you know, deals are getting done. We put a place under contract last weekend um, because these people are closing on their house at the end of May and they need to move. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, should we buy or rent? And like renting is just, was throwing away money for them and they just felt they found a house um, that they liked and they, they brought their price point down so that they're extra comfortable, um, you know, in the next couple years with that, with that payment, instead of like stretch house, they're kind of contracting a little bit. Right. Right. Okay. That's good. That's good. Do you have as a top agent in your market, what type of advice can you give to others? Whether and, and advice to, I'm talking about real estate professionals and advice to maybe small business owners, you know, what, what kind of, what, based on your experience so far in these last few weeks, you know, do you, do you have anything that you can do? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have three full-time staff members on our team and I have not cut their hours back yet. Um, they've all offered generously to cut back on their hours, but honestly, I'm keeping them busier than they've ever been. Oh, wow. Um, so we've, you know, there's always a lot of projects I have in the back of my mind. Um, and last week I hired, um, or a couple weeks ago, I hired like a digital media strategist and also a rebranding company. Um, yeah. And those are things that like, I just simply kind of don't have the time for. Um, and so this is a great time to just really work on your business and, you know, do like plant the seeds so that in the future, like in the next couple of months, next year, like when this all shakes out, like you will have this beautiful garden. And I think that's like, what's most important. And if, you know, you don't have to hire a digital media strategist. You don't have to hire this person. Like, Oh, you can, you can just use your notepad and some paper and make a business plan, you know, get back to basics, like write note cards to your clients, call them. You know, I think at this time, like something I've been doing is just calling my clients and saying, how are you? Like, can I do anything for you? Do you have any questions? Like, can I be a resource for you? And just creating those bonds and solidifying those bonds. And we've been walking around our neighborhood and we make it a goal every day to like stop by a neighbor's house that someone that we sold a house to and just like knock on their door and like wave and say hi. Um, so like, yeah, from a distance, we're right. Step away. the walk-in wellness check-ins. So, you know, just getting creative. And one of my clients, 
she just built a beautiful home in Savannah. She has a house here um, that we'll probably be selling for her soon. But um, she just built this house. And I'm like, can I please have a tour of it with FaceTime? You know, it's like such a fun way to connect with people. Sure. And, you know, people that have closed on their house in the last couple of months, like have a, a, a little date with them and FaceTime and get, have them show you around and see what they've done. Now yeah. is not the time to dig into the hole and hide. Now is the time to get in front of your clients, to get in front of your people. Yeah, exactly. Be a resource for them. And I've, I've kind of felt a little bad recently, like being so selfish. I feel like I'm being selfish, like working so hard on my business and me, um, especially seeing people like Aaron Mazur, another realtor from Compass in New York, who's like getting out there and volunteering at these hospitals. It's like, I'm starting to like shift my mindset and be like, what can I do to help? Like, where can I, what can I do? You right. know? Um, right. So I think that's like my next pivot is like, I'm working on my, me, my business, my house, cleaning, like organizing right. now, like what can I do to help others? Right. Right. What can you give back to society? Yeah. Uh, when, when is the stay at home order in Chicago over or, or is there a date right now that's, that's set to be lifted or. Yeah. End of April is what's set, but we're pretty sure it's probably going to get extended a little bit. I've heard Texas has done like mid May, um, in some places, but I'm not sure. I, I, I just can't see it lifting. You don't see it. You don't see it lifting in April, huh? I think, I think it'll get extended. I just have a feeling. I don't know. I mean, I think New York city is also, if, if Chicago is going to get extended, New York city is also the end of April right now. So I, I'm feeling New York city is probably going to get extended as well. Yeah. Well, the thing is like our weather has just been, you know, Windy. for the last like m- couple of months. So, you know, when it's a nice day out, everybody goes out and then it's yeah. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but they are advising us to wear masks now, like to the grocery store and even just walking outside. Is that right? Yeah. Um, what about your office? Are you guys open right now? Is the office also closed? Good question. Um, I forgot to touch on that. Our office is closed. We are not allowed to go into our office. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's one staff member there, like during the day, just to collect checks and like make deposits. Mm-hmm. Um, and like today I'm going to go walk over there and he's going to hand me some stuff I need from the office, like some envelopes and some other things. Good. Um, but like, yeah, we're not really allowed to go in. We've one compass agent did get COVID. Okay. Um, yeah. we, that's what we've heard so far. Um, they're doing well. They're, they're fine now. Um, but you know, we're just taking extra precautions and we don't want to get the employees sick if someone else has it. So yeah. we're not allowed to go into the office at all. You've got to take all precautions. What? Uh, everything that you can do right now to help yourself and help society, right? Yeah, totally. Good. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, for our listeners, uh, you can follow Lauren on Instagram. It's L Mitrick Wood, L, and then M I T R I C K Wood. Uh, you'll find her. Uh, it'll say untitled dog mom married to Charlie Wood, top 1% realtor. Uh, and uh, she, again, is a specialist in Chicago, one of the founders of Compass in Chicago. Uh, she's helped uh, my friends, uh, personal friends, uh, secure their dream first home. First home, not dream home. For the referral. First home. <laughs> and and if, please refer to her if you have any questions regarding the Chicago market, uh, Chicago real estate market. Lauren, do you have anything else you want to say before we close out? Um, I don't think so. Just be safe, be well. Um, thank you, Top, for having me today. And like like you said, if I can be a resource for anyone, please let me know. All right. Thank you all for listening to Real Talk.